Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this little time together is called the session. And today we're going to broach a topic that in today's society comes up a lot, but I don't know that we've ever talked about it. So I thought we should remedy that today. (laughs) How do you (laughs) parent during and after divorce? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? It's a totally different world, really. So we'll go over that. But before we dive into that, Tom, we want to, oh, we want to remind you too tonight, don't adjust your radio when you hear Tom. It is spring in Ohio, therefore. Yes. Uh, So Tom's dealing (laughs) with a little throat scratchy scratchy thingy thingy so that's right he's gonna sound a little different to you tonight so we turn to god's word tom yeah and scott let's do that out of philippians four thirteen, i can do all things through christ who strengthens me there you go all right we begin with parenting through divorce seven tips from Derek hill and i will have included the link to the article in the show notes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com number one Stay connected to the Father, not a Father. That's right. That we want to abide in Jesus throughout this time. He is where our strength will come from. So don't stop praying. Don't stop reading the Bible. And don't stop worshiping. Here is where the enemy really would play havoc with people and try to deceive them into thinking, see, God doesn't love you or this. you wouldn't be going through this. Yeah, you don't, you don't need God. I mean, look what happened. You went with God, you're getting a divorce. Forget about it. Yeah, so that's why we need him all the more. It seems like the bigger the crisis, the more you need to kind of just cleave. That's true. He is our vine, and we still need to be fed. There you go. Amen. We're talking about parenting through divorce today on the session. And the second tip, despite how I feel emotionally, I am still a parent to my children. And this is where it gets tough, because you still want to be, for your children's sake, the consistent parent. Let's not lose sight of the fact that your children's worlds are crumbling around their shoulders and crashing big time. It's still important that we are fair, firm, and fun. Oh, you changed it. You had to go for the third F, didn't you? I did. (laughs) Fair, firm, and fun. How are you going to be fun during divorce? You still want to take them out and do things, if that means playing catch with your son, if that means going for a bike ride with your daughter or everybody goes to the pool, those kind of things should happen. And we'll address that more in just a, in just a minute with another point. And consistent is still also very real. Right. We want, they need consistency huge, big time. So we want to make sure that they know <laughs> that I'm still dad, I am still your dad, Mm -hmm. I will always be your dad. 
and here's how we're going to do that. Right. You know, we didn't mention it in Stay Connected to the Father, but praying for your kids through this. Yeah. If I mean, if you're having trouble focusing <laughs> at some point, focus on praying for your kids. If you can't do anything else, pray for your kids. So right. maybe that can be of some assistance to you. Don't be absent. We are absent as parents. Then our children will learn a life of no boundaries, which is really serious. And we're seeing that in the schools today. Right. Big time. Mm-hmm. They have none. Well, there are parenting styles. If a child grew up with no boundaries, what's interesting as a parent, they're going to have over-the-top boundaries. If a child grew up with over-the-top boundaries, they're very likely to have no boundaries as when they have their freedom. It's kind of like the city dog when the fence is real close and they have no room to run and they get out of the, the gate somehow comes loose and off they go. Oh, yeah, good luck catching them. <laughs> they're going to run. They're going to run. <laughs> and they're going to run. And that's what the child would be like. Uh-huh. They've had too much restriction and that's how they react. Number three of the seven tips for parenting through divorce, one-on-one time. We kind of touched on this just a second ago, but I don't think we can really overemphasize the need for the daddy-daughter date. Without question. This is so important, whether we're talking divorce or not, that it should happen. Yes. So there's something in a child that says, my dad, my mom really loves me. That's securing to them. They may not always act like they know mom and dad love them, but deep down, that's really there. So when you spend quality time with just one child, think about how the things that your children love to do and do those things with them. Facilitate that happening. If that's video games, playing outside a tea party, whatever it takes. And the video games, you know, I I remember that with my children. It was so interesting. I wanted to empower them. So they taught me how to play. At that time, it would have been Mario Brothers. Uh But what was really interesting, Scott, they only taught me just enough so I could get beat. (laughs) (laughs) Just enough to go down in flames with half a lap to go. That's right. And they they knew it all. Yep. Yep. That sounds just about uh, right. (laughs) But whatever it takes, you know, if, and it's hard, dads, if you've got a if you've got a frilly pink girly girl and they want to have a tea party with, you know, Barry Bear and, you know, whatever the, the other stuffed animals are. And, you know, that that's hard for us because mm-hmm. we don't we don't get girly girl. Mm-hmm. It's just like mom doesn't always get the son that wants to climb Mount Everest. All right. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. 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 But you got to try. How have you said that? Get in their world. That's right. It's very important that we get into their world rather than drag them kicking and scratching and clawing into our world. Right. I was still never going to be really crazy about playing poker and smoking cigars and having a cigarette as a young adult. But my dad. Yeah, that, that's was, what I grew up with. We're closed up in a basement, everybody smoking except for the, us kids. And right. we played cards till three in the morning. Oh, brother! And that's that's where I grew up with on my dad's side of the family, and you know I did the obligatory tinkered with smoking at church camp one summer, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and that was all it took. Really? Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. really no interest after that. It's, 
Well, there was no way they would have had to torture me to get me to smoke. My dad was so miserable with cigarettes. He would cough and choke up. It was disgusting. In the breakfast table, I'm not kidding. If I had breakfast with him, he stunk from cigarettes clear across the table. And he's coughing stuff up. I I have to get sick. I got to a point, I'm serious. If he were out there, I would not go eat. If he were not out there, I'd go inhale a bowl of Cheerios and I'd get out. I wouldn't do it. So finally, over a period of time, my dad's like, says to my mom, and my mom tells me, well, dad thinks you don't want to have breakfast with him. I said, mom, you want to sit with that disgusting stuff? Help yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I want nothing to do with it. Well, I found out late, 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 before not too long before my dad passed away, that he quit smoking because of me. Really? When, when I was born, my dad did several things to change his, that changed his life. He got out of the Marine Corps. Wow. And he wanted to be a lifer. Uh-huh. He stopped smoking cigarettes. And I don't ever, I don't ever remember seeing him smoke his pipe. Mm-hmm. But he had one. Right. That, that he, he probably smoked it at work. Because mm-hmm. we have pictures of him with his pipe. And he stopped all that when I was born. Yeah, isn't that awesome? And it probably, it may have saved his life and let him live longer. He told me that, and I'm like, thank you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure how to take it. Well, yeah, and he, yeah, he should be thanking you. that he, You provided that motivation. So, you know, my mom, she had her Pall Malls. Dad had his camels. And back then... You know, there was, air conditioning really was not a regular option. Oh, no. And there was a lot of debate about whether it was cost-effective with gas. And So anyway, Mom had her perfume. Dad had his cologne. He had his cigarettes. She had her cigarettes. And so when we would go somewhere, Mom and Dad never quite understood why we had car sickness. Well, there was this cloud forming on the inside <laughs> of the car, you know, and and my brother and I are very ashamed to green because we're, we're breathing it in. It was oh yeah, it was terrible. And there's no amount of cologne that's going to cover up cigarette. No, no, I I was happy to stick my head out the window, but they wouldn't let me. And I, you know, mailboxes could be closer than we think. And <laughs> my dad might have encouraged that, but my mom. <laughs> So we really are talking about parenting through divorce today on the session, and we've already talked about stay connected to God as you go through it, and still parenting your children and the importance of one-on-one time. Now, this next one, we're starting to get, we're starting to meddle a little bit here, Tom. Okay. Be thoughtful. Well, that sounds like a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Think about memories of things they may really like and make some of them into traditions. Again, that's something that's stable in the child's life. That will pay big dividends. And it it shows an interest and a care and a love for them. Yeah, Yeah. the continue family movie night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great example. Family game night. Continue those traditions even if through divorce the other spouse doesn't. You be the one that your kids will want to come back to because of that. Yeah, that's true. Dad was a school from junior high on pool player, billiards, not maybe once or twice the whole time ever in my growing up years that I ever play pool with him. My uncle owned a golf course. 
of which my parents would go over and play. There was in Marion, so it was about a 30-minute drive. My brother and I would sit in the clubhouse and just horse around while they played. And they did offer back then yeah. if I wanted to play. But I'm like, I'm not doing anything you guys are doing. <laughs> You're still going to be out there chain smoking. You're right, yeah. I could And look what happened anyway. Yeah, that's right. You picked it up anyhow. I did. <laughs> How old were you when you finally did pick up golf? I was post-seminary. So I graduated seminary in 97. So right around 97, 98. And it was so funny. I told my wife I really wanted to do that. And so for Father's Day, she gave me a golf lesson. I went for my first lesson and... The guy said, well, what are you going to work on? I don't know what I want to work on. He says, I'll tell you what, take a swing, and then I'll tell you. Well, I took a swing, and I dribbled the ball about 12 feet. (laughs) And he goes, I think we'll start from scratch. (laughs) Let's start from one. Yeah, square one. All right, so we want to continue to be thoughtful. Number five of our seven uh, parenting through divorce tips Oh, boy. We're really meddling now, Tom. This is really tough. Respect your ex. You know, that's so challenging. When we talk about what makes it difficult for ex to respect an ex, well, the victim of divorce, it's very difficult for them because they have such an incredible hurt that they're still dealing with. So that that has a lot to do with it. So this is a a really important one. It's important that we realize our children love both parents. So it's important for us to speak well of the other parent. And you know, when you can do that, that is so incredible. I'm aware of one situation where the victim absolutely will not throw the ex under the bus. And I'm I'm amazed at how that individual's doing. And that's called love. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, there there really isn't any other than the definition of laying your life down for your friend and imitating Jesus. I mean, that's, and it's, it's a pity the other spouse didn't see that. Derry Kill, the writer, suggests if my kids talk about something they did with mo- their mommy, I always tell them, you have a good mommy. That's, that's very appropriate. Right. He might be thinking something totally different inside, <laughs> but that's what comes out. But your kids are not going to understand that. Right. Especially if they're younger kids, they're not going to understand why mommy and daddy aren't living together anymore. But they do need to know mommy and daddy both love them. That's true. And so based on Erickson's eight stages of emotional development, it's interesting. Some research would show age-wise a four or five-year-old here's mommy and daddy aren't going to be living together anymore. Their concerns become, well, who's going to feed me? Who's going to take care of me? And then as you get older, the the um, reactions and needs change. But it's, it's similar. Who's going to be there to help me with my basketball? Or who's going to be there with my baseball or, or swimming or gymnastics? Who's going to get me to soccer? Who's going to pick me up after school? All the basic stuff. Yeah. Now, let me throw one wrench in our works here. Oh, help yourself. This is, this is our, there are one rabbit trail where I'm allowing myself one. I would not be secure if you didn't go for at least <laughs> one, Scott. <laughs> the over-under. <laughs> okay, so we're dealing with a divorce 
where one spouse abused the kids. Now you're the other spouse. Do you still say that about mommy, even though those kids know that mommy abused them? If your dad, mom abused the kids, yeah. you're getting divorced. Probably had a big part of it. Does dad continue to say, oh, you have a good mommy, knowing that mommy abused those kids? That's a really tough tough one there. And, you know, I'm not so sure that we are as aggressive saying it because one of the things that children are about is that they have a memory and they, they have an understanding that they don't always share. Probably goes case to case whether or not the victim of divorce can say, well, I think they can handle it now. Oh, I don't know about Billy. He probably can't. So probably, the daughter can, the son can't, maybe because of yeah. age. Yep. So let's let's take it up a little bit older because the thing I've learned, having been a youth director in another life, <laughs> teenagers can spot a fake a mile away. Oh, absolutely. And they have no tolerance for a fake. Right. None. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you you can't throw smoke at this. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot fly bull at, at a teenager. They're going to know it when they get to be teenagers and that divorce happens yeah and they know dad's a complete insert your favorite phrase there Uh, yeah you know what is how does mom describe dad then to them at the very least there's no disrespectful stuff you might not volunteer good stuff don't heap fake praise right but that doesn't mean you can't say well look your dad does love you he just is having a real hard time demonstrating it i kind of like that i do and and the fact that ultimately what we have to try and focus on is the dad's children relationship right there and you don't want to hurt it anymore but at that point mm-hmm. you may not be able to help it much either so at some point the the offending spouse is going to have to step up on their own and prove it to the kids, especially the older ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then that could take years. All right. So we're talking through parenting after divorce, seven tips from Derek Hill. And number six, this this one is probably the most important thing, especially to your kids. Stay in church. That's true. And so Derek Hill would uh, say they need to see that no matter what happens in life, that God's house is a house of love and worship. And it is a priority for them. Your kids need to see you, that you are committed to gathering with the body of believers in this house. And I want to say one of the other things that's so critically important about being in the church is it becomes a support system. That's huge. Okay, second rabbit trail. I've already uh, blown it. That's uh, okay. <laughs> you have attended, as a family, this church. How does this work? I mean, is it possible for the now-divorced couple to stay in the same church, or is one of them probably going to have to leave to maintain any kind of civility? I have seen at Heritage on a number of occasions where they stop going because the offending party knows and doesn't want to hear what they're going to hear if they go. The victim is too embarrassed to go. So consequently, they typically don't for a while. And then typically the rumor mill at the church distorts everything and gets it all messed up, and then that falls to the kids. Exactly. All right, our last one here. As we go through these uh, parenting through divorce uh, tips from Derek Hill, and uh, keep in mind, I'll have the uh, the link to this article 
uh, in the show notes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. This last one I think is really important because I, I see so many parents, when they go through divorce, they just go into a cocoon. They start putting up walls. And it's just really important to keep talking to your kids. Your children will have questions, though, for sure, through a divorce and afterwards. You know, they might want to know things. It's extremely important that you and I give age-appropriate answers to them, that they want to hear age-appropriate. So you don't explain something that would be way over the top, over their heads, to a 7- or 8-year-old, something that you might tell a teen about. They won't be able to understand if you've experienced infidelity, that's probably one you don't tell a seven or eight year old. Well, say so how do you, how do you explain that? I was wondering that when you, I was sitting here just as you started talking, like, all right, so what do you do when one went out on the other and was unfaithful? Right now you're getting divorced. How do you explain that to seven year old Johnny? Well, you don't. You just say that mommy and daddy are not in love anymore, and they have had serious problems. And you don't go into any detail with what one of the parents did at seven or eight. As we wrap up today, Tom, what do you do when you are talking with your kids, you're age-appropriate, honest, and then they come back from the other spouse? Well, Daddy said that you're a lying, insert other adjectives here. Yeah. Now... How do you handle that, or how would you counsel a couple to handle that? Well, Scott, that's really a good question. You really would want the the children to say, you make your decision based on our relationship. Think about how you and I relate here at home and the time we spend together, and you make your decision. You might go as far as saying, it sounds to me like Daddy's really mad at me. But I, so, so it doesn't get deflected onto them. Right. You, you keep the divorce up between you and the, and your spouse. Don't let it fall to the kids. Right. Because they're going to feel like they are responsible. You wind up with kids in, in session. It's my fault. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hit enough home runs. I didn't get all A's. Yeah. Or whatever. I wasn't good enough at home. Things like that are very, very real. They'll find a way and... When you find a way early on in life to blame yourself for whatever happens, then you become an adult and you find ways to blame yourself and it becomes a coping mechanism. Well, you and yourself typically don't get along then. (laughs) (laughs) And we have talked about that, the relationship with yourself. Yes, definitely. And, and, you know, the other thing, we haven't said it, so I've got to make sure we get it in here as we wrap up today. Oh, yes. As things happen with your kids, when you do things, when you they bring report cards home, when they accomplish tasks, right? celebrate success with them. Absolutely. Let them feel that success with you. In families where the, the families are disintegrating, it may be a little more challenging. It may not feel as celebrative, but we still want to make an attempt at it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just pl- on family game night. You know, celebrate that they won the game, that kind of thing. So, Tom, as couples are, you know, families are dealing with this every day in our country. Right. And I know there are kids, there are families within the sound of our voice tonight that are going through this. 
having a conversation with a Christian counselor can really, really help through this time. How can they get a hold of you to have a chat? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.